Welcome to the Enchanted Library, where we turn the pages of books, beautiful and old, living and magical. It's time to curl up, get cozy, and join us on an adventure. Today we're reading the second half of Chapter 12, West Overseas, from Viking Tales by Jenny Hall. Today I will sacrifice to Thor and Odin, Ingolf said. If the omens are good, we will start tomorrow. Well, go, foster brother, laughed Leif, but I have better things to do. I will be putting the cattle into the ship and will have all ready. So Ingolf and his men went into the forest a little way. There, in a cleared space, stood a large building. In front of this temple, the men killed two horses for Odin. Ingolf caught some of the blood in a brass bowl. He raised it and looked up at the sky and said, All wise and all father Odin, and Thor who loves the thunder, I give these horses to you. Tell me whether it is your will that we go to Iceland. As he said that, a raven flew over his head. Ingolf watched it. It is Odin's will that we go, he said. He sent his raven to tell us. It is flying straight toward Iceland. The men shouted with joy at that. Now they hung some of the meat of the horses on a tree near the temple. For the ravens of Odin, they said. Ingolf carried the bowl of blood into the temple. He went through the feast hall in the front to a little room at the back. Here stood wooden statues of the gods in a semicircle. Before them was a stone altar. Ingolf took a little brush of twigs that lay on it, and dipped it into the blood and sprinkled the statues. You shall taste of our sacrifice, he said. Look kindly on us from your happy seats in Asgard. Then they went into the feast hall. There thralls were boiling the horse flesh in pots over the fire. The tables were standing ready before the benches. Ingolf walked to the high seat. All the others took their places at the benches. When the horns came round, Ingolf made this vow. I vow that I will build my house wherever these pillars lead me. He put his hand upon a tall post that stood beside the high seat. There was one in each side. They were the front posts of the chair, but they stood up high almost to the roof. They were wonderfully carved and painted with men and dragons. On the top of each one was a little statue of Thor with his hammer. At the end of the feast, Ingolf had his thralls dig these pillars up. He had a little bronze chest filled with the earth that was under the altar. I will take the pillars of my high seat to Iceland, he said, and I will set up my altar there upon the soil of Norway, the soil that all my ancestors have trod, the soil that Thor loves. So they carried the pillars and the chest of earth and the statues of the gods and put them into Ingolf's boat. It is a well-packed ship, the men said. There is no spot to spare. Tools and chests of food and tubs of drink and chests of clothes and fishing nets were stowed in the bows of both boats. In the bottom were laid some long, heavy, hewn logs. The trees in Iceland are little, Ingolf said. We must take the great beams for our homes with us. Standing on these logs were a few cattle, and sheep, and horses, and pigs. The rowers' benches were along the sides. In the stern of each boat was a little cabin. Here the women and children were to sleep. 
but the men would sleep on the timbers in the middle of the boat, and perhaps they would put up the awning sometimes. At last everyone was aboard. Men loosed the rope that held the boats. The ships flashed down the rollers into the water, and Ingolf and Leif were off for Iceland. As they sailed away, everyone looked back at the shore of old Norway. There were tears in the women's eyes. Helga, Leif's wife, sang, There I was born, there I was wed, there are my father's bones, there are the hills and fields, the streams and rocks that I love, there are houses and temples, women and warriors and feasts, ships and songs and fights, a crowded joyous land, I go to an empty land. There was the same long voyage with storm and fog, but at last the people saw again the white cloud and saw it was growing into land and mountains. Then Ingolf took his pillars of his high seat and threw them overboard. Guide them to a good place, O Thor, he cried. The waves caught them up and rolled them about. Ingolf followed them with his ship. But soon a storm came up. The men had to take down the sails and masts, and they could do nothing with their oars. The two ships tossed about in the sea wherever the waves sent them. The pillars drifted away, and Ingolf could not see them. "'Remember your pillars, O Thor!' he cried. Then he saw that Leif's ship was being driven far off. "'Ah, my foster-brother,' he thought, "'shall I not have you to cheer me in this empty land? "'O Thor, let him not go down to the caves of Ran. "'He is too good a man for that.' On the next day the storm was not so hard, and Ingolf put in at a good harbor. A high rocky point stuck out into the sea. A broad bay with islands in the mouth was at the side. Behind the rocky point was a level green place with ice mountains shining far back. After a day or two, Ingolf said, I will go look for my pillars. So he and a few men got into the rowboat and went along the shore and into all the fjords, but they could not find the pillars. After a week they came back, and Ingolf said, I will build a house here to live in while I look for the posts. This way is uncomfortable for the women. So he did. Then he set out again to look for the pillars, but he had no better luck and came back. I must stay at home and see to the making of hay and the drying of fish, he said. Winter is coming on, and we must not be caught with nothing to eat. So he stayed and worked, and sent two of his thralls to look for the holy posts. They came back every week or two, and always had to say that they had not found them. Midwinter was coming on. Ah, said Ingol's wife one day, do you remember the gay feast we had at Yule time? All our friends were there. The house rang with song and laughter. Our tables bent with good things to eat. Walls were hung with gay draperies. The floor was clean with sweet-smelling pine branches. Now look at this mean house. Its dirt floor, its bare stone walls, its littleness, its darkness. Look at our long faces. No one here could make a song if he tried. Oh, I am sick for dear old Norway. It is Thor's fault, Ingolf cried. He will not let me find his posts. He stood, rode out of the house and stood scowling at the gray sea. Ah, foster brother, he said, it was never so gloomy when you were by my side. Where are you now? Shall I never hear your merry laugh again? That spot in my palm burns and my heart aches to see you. That arch of sod keeps rising before my eyes. Our vows keep ringing in my ears. At last, the long, gloomy winter passed, and spring came. Cheer up, good wife, Ingolf said. Better days are coming now. 
but that same day the thralls came back from looking for the posts. We have bad news, they said. As we walked along the shore looking for the pillars, we saw a man lying on the shore. We went up to him. He was dead. It was Leif. Two well-built houses stood near. We went to them. We knew from the carving on the doorposts that they were Leif's. We went in. The rooms were empty. Along the shore and in the wood back of the house we found all of his men dead. There was no living thing about. Ingolf said no word, but his face was white and his mouth was set. He went into the house and got his spears and his shield and said to his men, Follow me. They put provisions into the boat and pushed off and sailed until they found Leif's houses on the shore of the harbor. There they saw Leif and the men who were his friends, dead. Their swords and spears were gone. Ingolf walked through the houses calling on Helga and on the thralls, but no one answered. The storehouses were empty. The rich hangings were gone from the walls of the houses. There was nothing in the stables. The boat was gone. Ingolf went out and stood on a high point of land that jutted out into the water. Far along the coast he saw some little islands. He turned to his men and said, The thralls have done it. I think we shall find them on those islands. Then he went back to Leif and stood looking at him. What a shame for so brave a man to fall by the hands of thralls. But I have found that such things always happen to men who do not sacrifice to the gods. Ah, Leif, I did not think that when we made those vows of foster brotherhood that this would ever happen. But do not fear. I remember my promise. I had thought that a man's blood is precious in this empty land, but my vow is more precious. Now they laid all those men together, and tied on their hell shoes. I need my sword for your sake, foster brother. I cannot give you that. But you shall have my spears and my drinking horn, said Ingolf, for surely Odin has chosen you for Valhalla, even though you did not sacrifice. You are too good a man to go to Nifleim. You would make times merry in Valhalla. So Ingolf put his spears and his drinking horn by leaf. Then the men raised a great mound over all the dead. After that they went aboard their boat and sailed for the islands that Ingolf had seen. It was evening when they reached them. I see smoke rising from that one, Ingolf said, pointing. He steered for it. It was a steep rock, like that one in the Pharaohs. But they found a harbor and landed and climbed the steep hill and came out on top. They saw the ten thralls sitting about a bonfire eating. Helga and the other women from Leif's house sat near, huddled together, white and frightened. One of the thralls gave a great laugh and shouted, This is better than pulling Leif's plow. Tomorrow we will sail for Ireland with all his wealth. Tomorrow you will be freezing in Niflim, said Ingolf, and he leaped among them, swinging his sword, and all his men followed him, and they killed those thralls. Then Ingolf turned to Helga. She threw herself into his arms and wept. But after a time, she told him this story. When springtime came, Leif thought he would sow wheat. He had but one ox. The others had died during the winter. So we set the thralls to help pull the plow. I saw their sour looks and was afraid, but Leif only laughed. What else can thralls expect, he said. Never fear them, good wife. Now, one day, soon after that, the thralls came running to the house, calling out, the ox is dead! The ox is dead! Leif asked them about it. They said that a bear had come out of the woods and killed it, and they had scared the beast away. 
they pointed out where it had gone. Then Leif called his men and said, A hunt! I had not hoped for such great sport here. Ah, we will have a feast off that bear. So they took their spears and went out into the woods. As soon as they were gone, the thralls came running into the house and took down all the swords and shields from the walls and ran out. In some way they met my lord and his men in the woods and killed them. Then they came back and took everything in the house and dragged us to the boat and sailed here. Oh, my brother, said Ingolf, where is that song about those two foster brothers, Ingolf and Leif, who made a new country in a wonderful land, and whose sons and grandsons are mighty men in Iceland? But come home with me, Helga. So they took the women and Leif's things and Leif's boat and sailed home. The next day after they came to Ingolf's house, Helga said, We have made your family larger, brother Ingolf. Will you not take to Leif's two houses and live in them? He does not need them now. He would like you to have them. It would be pleasant to live there, Ingolf said. I thank you. So the next day they loaded everything aboard the two ships and sailed for Leif's house. There they stayed for a year. Ingolf still sent his thralls out to look for the pillars. He was careful always to have hay, so his cattle prospered. That spring he planted wheat, but it did not grow well. This is sickly stuff, Ingolf said. It takes too much time and work. It is better to save the land for hay. Perhaps we can sometime go back to Norway for flour. At last, one day, the thralls came home and said, We have found the pillars. Ingolf jumped to his feet. He cried out, You have kept me waiting three years, Thor, but as soon as my house and temple are built, I will sacrifice to you three horses as a thank offering. It is a long way off, masters, the thralls said and we have found much better places in our walks about the island. Thor knows best, Ingolf answered. I will settle where he leads me. So that summer they loaded everything into the ships again, and sailed west along the coast until they came to the place where the pillars were. The land there was low and green. On both sides were low hills. A little lake glistened back from the shore. In the valley were hot springs with steam rising from them. It looks like smoke, the men said. It is very strange to see hot water and smoke come out of the ground. In front of this green land was a good harbor with islands in it. Far over the sea toward the north shone a great ice mountain. I like this place, Ingolf said. I will make this land mine. So he built fires at the mouth of the river near there, and stood by them and called out loudly, I have put my fire at the mouth of these rivers. All the land that they drain is mine, and no man shall claim it but me. I will call this place Reykjavik. Then Ingolf built his feast hall. He himself carved the beams and the doorposts. Gaily painted dragons leaned out from the doors and stood up from the gables. Men and animals fought on the doorposts. For the doors he made at the forge great iron hinges. Their ends curved and spread all over the door. Near his feast hall he built a storehouse and a kitchen and a smithy and a stable and a bower for the women. We do not need a sleeping house for guests, he said. Who would be our guests? He roofed all his buildings with turf. It made them look like green mounds, with gay carved and painted walls under them. He built also a temple, and on that was beautiful carving. In this he set up those statues that had been in his old temple. He put up, too, those pillars of his high seat that had been drifting about so long. 
Under them he laid the soil of Norway that he had brought with a little bronze chest. I have kept my vow, O Thor, he cried. Then he sacrificed three horses that he had promised to Thor. After that was over, he said, Here is a good field for sport. Let us have some of the old games we used to play at home. Who will wrestle with me? So they wrestled there and ran races and swam in the water. The women sat and looked on. Oh, this is good to see, Helga cried. We are as gay as we used to be in old Norway. But it was not many weeks before Ingolf said, I wish that I might sometimes see sails in that harbor. I wish that I might think, Around this point of land is another farm, and across the bay is another. I can go there when I am very lonely. I wish that I might sometime be invited to a feast. I wished I might sometime hear the good clanging music of weapons at play. It is a good land, but we have lived alone for four years. I am hungry for new faces and for tidings of Norway. One night, as he and his men sat about the long fire in the feast hall, a servant threw a great piece of wood into the fire. It was streaked with faded paint, and it showed bits of carving. See, said Ingolf, pointing to it, see what is left of a good ship's prow. What lands have you seen, O dragon's head? What battles have you fought? What was your master's name? Where did the storm meet you? Perhaps he was coming to Iceland, comrades. Would it have not been pleasant to see his sail and to shake his hand and welcome him to Iceland? Instead, he is in Rand's caves, and only his broken prow has drifted here. Now it was not many months after that when one of the men came running into the feast hall shouting, A sail! A sail in the harbor! All those men gave a shout with no word in it, as though their hearts had leaped into their throats. They jumped up and ran to the shore and stood there with hungry eyes. When the men landed, those Icelanders clapped them on the shoulders and tears ran down their faces. For a long time they could say nothing but, Welcome, welcome! But after a while Ingolf led them to the feast hall and had a feast spread at once. While the thralls were at work, the men stood together and talked. Such a noise had never been in that hall before. We have already built our fires and claimed our land up the shore away, the leader said. Men in Norway talk much of Ingolf and Leif and wonder what has happened to them. Then Ingolf told them of all that had come to pass in Iceland, and then he asked of Norway. Ah, things are going from bad to worse, the newcomer said. Harold grows mightier every day. A man dare not swing a sword now except for the king. We came here to get away from him. Many men are talking of Iceland. Soon the sea road between here and Norway will be swarming with dragons. And so it was. Ships also came from Ireland and from the Shetlands and the Orkneys. Harold has come west overseas, the men of these ships said, and has laid his heavy hand upon the islands and put his earls over them. They are no place now for free men. So by the time Ingolf was an old man, Iceland was no longer an empty land. Every valley was spotted with bright feast halls and temples. Horses and cattle pastured on the hillsides. Smoke curled up from kitchens and smithies. Gay ships sailed the waters, taking Iceland cloth and wool and Iceland fish and oil and the soft feathers of Iceland birds to Norway to sell and bringing back wood and flour and grain. When Ingolf died, his men drew up on the shore the boat in which he had come to Iceland. They painted it freshly and put new gold on it, so it stood there, a glittering dragon with its head raised high, looking over the water. 
Old Syvat lifted a huge stone and carried it to the ship's side. With all his strength, he threw it into the bottom. The timbers cracked. If the ship moves from here, he said, and I do not know how to moor a ship, it is Ingolf's grave. Then men laid Ingolf upon his shield and carried him and placed him on the high deck in the stern near the pilot's seat, where he had sat to steer to Iceland. They hung his sword over his shoulder. They laid his spear by his side. In his hand they put his mead horn. Into the ship they set a great treasure chest filled with the beautiful clothes and bracelets and headbands. Beside the treasure chest they piled up many swords and spears and shields. They put gold-trimmed saddles and bridles upon three horses. Then they killed the horses and dragged them into the ship. They hilled hunting dogs and put them by the horses, for they said, All these things Ingolf will need in Valhalla. When he walks through the door of that feast hall, Odin must know that a rich and brave man comes. When he fights with those heroes during the day, he must have weapons worthy of him. He must have dogs for the hunt. When he feasts with those heroes at night, he must wear rich clothes so that those feasters shall know that he was a wealthy man and generous, and that his friends loved him. Ingolf's son tied on his hell shoes for the long journey. If these shoes come untied, he said, I do not know how to fasten hell shoes. Then he went out of the ship and stood on the ground with his family. All the men of Iceland were there. Such a glorious sight, they said. Surely no ship ever carried a richer load. Inside and out the boat blazes with gold and bronze, and high over his riches lies the great Ingolf, ready to take the tiller and guide to Valhalla, where all the heroes will rise up and shout him welcome. Then the thralls heaped a mound of earth over the ship. This hill stood up against the sky and seemed to say, Here lies a great man. Syvat put a stone on top, with runes on it telling whose grave it was. All this time a skald stood by and played on his harp and sang a song about that time when Ingolf came to Iceland. He called him the father of Iceland. People of that country still read an old story that the men of that long-ago time wrote about Ingolf and they love him because he was a brave man and the first of men to come to Iceland. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review on your favorite podcast platform and share our podcast with a friend. Stay connected by following us on Facebook at facebook.com slash enchantedlibrary. If you'd like to support the work we do, you can visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash enchantedlibrary. We appreciate your support. Until next time, friends, happy reading.